have slithered our way into the Halloween season. Slither it. Slither it right in. You can't celebrate Halloween without a great personal soundtrack, right? We've been saying it for years, Jay. Yeah, so we have come back to do Spooky Songs 10. Spooky Songs Volume 10. Can you believe we have done this? 10 times. (laughs) Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we do one year where we had two different episodes? I think we might have done that a couple of times because I don't think we've been doing the show quite 10 years. So I think maybe in year one and year two, we did it twice in a season. Yeah. And it's definitely one of our, well, at least I'll speak for myself, one of my favorite shows that we do. It's this and actually the Macy's Parade are the two shows every year where if we don't do them, we might as well stop doing the show because this is where our bread's buttered. <laughs> Halloween songs and Macy's parades. <laughs> We're real niche. <laughs> yeah. But I actually really like our lists tonight because usually when we do a spooky song show, there's one or two kind of novelty picks where, yeah, you could argue that they belong there, but we wouldn't really listen to them. All 10 of these go on a playlist. Yeah, this is a perfect mixtape. For your Halloween season, we're going to get into it. we got 10 songs, and I believe you are kicking things off tonight, Matt. Oh, how exciting. I'll dive right in then, Jay. Number one. That was a track called The Zombie Theme, another synthy banger from the score to everyone's favorite movie, Jay. (laughs) You were just waiting to say banger. I'm going to say banger quite a bit tonight. We need like a banger count when we finish up. (laughs) The Zombie Theme is from Spookies, and this one was credited to Ken Higgins and Jim Calabrese. He's a paisan. 1986, this was a horror movie about a mansion full of monsters, ranging from a spider lady to a red-eyed grim reaper. We have spoken about Spookies before. It is awesome. Oh my god. It hits the sweet spot. 
I think I actually picked the title track from this movie for a previous Spooky Song show. But the thing about Spookies is that that whole fucking score, every single track could be on this show. Every single track is a classic. And it's one of those albums where you could just put that on in the background all night. It's perfect. So the zombie theme is obviously on the simple side, but it's so killer. It actually reminds me of something you would hear while you're playing like Castlevania or some old Nintendo game. Yeah, definitely. And it plays over the end credits in the film, but it also scores the scene. And I don't know if you've seen this where the poor like bride girl escapes the mansion. She's getting chased by zombies in the graveyard. I can't believe it. I'm finally free. But you're not free. Don't you realize I've always loved you too? It's very thriller-esque. It's so thrillersy. And of course, that video was so huge at that time, so this part of the movie was definitely influenced by it. You know what? You're right. It does align because this was the 86. They would have been filming it right around like Thriller's peak. Oh, yeah. Everybody was trying to catch that ambiance. The interesting thing about that scene with the zombies, you know, Spookies is like two movies in one. Yes, it is because of the extra scenes at the end. Right. So basically, like they filmed a movie and then it wasn't finished. And then they basically tacked on a bunch of scenes to kind of Frankenstein something together. And these extra scenes that they added are much lower quality than the other ones. But this scene, which was part of that extra shoot, I actually think it works. Oh, it totally works. And if you watch it from a VHS tape, to me, it's spookier, you know? But then you got these people complaining, like, how it's not crisp enough. It's not like the Blu-ray. Like, come on. VHS is, like, so much better. (laughs) No, I'm telling you, you're absolutely right. There are a few movies where, and it's not, like, I'm not trying to be some hipster fucking douchebag when I say this. But they really do sell better in 4x3 grain. Oh, of course. (laughs) I mean, that's what it's made for. By the way, the I can't remember the name of it, but that house, you could actually still visit it. It looks exactly the same. I went there a few years ago. Yeah, I remember. You passed by. Yeah, that was my yearly outing, I think, for 2020. I think it was at work, and you texted me. I'm like, this guy, man. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Tell me to take off from work or something. Guess where I am. <laughs> Wish you were here. (laughs) If it makes you feel better, there was like five hours traffic going each way. And I was there for a total of maybe 12 minutes and seven of them were spent in a CVS. (laughs) And deciding which photo should you post on Instagram. (laughs) Hmm. This one? No, this one. Anyway, this song is my second favorite track off the score. The title track would be my favorite. But really, it's that whole album. This is like the Halloween 3 score for me. You just listen to the whole thing, the whole way through, and it's all perfect. Midnight, where the stars 
night and a rendezvous. Your eyes held a message tender, saying I surrender all my love to you. I'm going to start things off slow tonight, Matt. And this is Midnight, The Stars, and You from The Shining soundtrack. This is a song from 1934 by Ray Noble and his orchestra, sung by Al Boley on vocals. I'm sure that you were not familiar with this artist and band before this song. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say that I I had too much trivia in my head banging around about this one. I'm amazed that you're opening your list with this, by the way. I know. Wow, (laughs) bold. Yeah, this is a song heard playing in the background of the gold room of the Overlook Hotel in The Shining where Jack Torrance starts to see ghosts partying like it's 1921. Right, and this is where he, I believe, starts drinking again and all that stuff. What would be so? Hair of the dog that bit me. Bourbon on the rocks. That'll do it. Oh, it's just one of my favorite scenes, like, in all of movies. It also speaks to the fact that horror films always pluck a song out of, like, obscurity and make it live forever. So this is one of those songs where you and I and a lot of other people wouldn't know what this song is if it wasn't for The Shining. No, I can't say that this particular musical genre is one that we would have much exposure to otherwise. But yes, it's all because of The Shining. And because of The Shining, it feels totally fucking spooky. You're hearing this like song from the early 1200s or wherever it was. It's all like scratchy and weird. It definitely is an unsettling thing to listen to out of context. Of course, if you're in the know, it works. But even if you're not, it's like, oh, man, you see these trailers for movies and they're always playing some kind of uh, slow, haunting song in the background on some old Victrola. (laughs) Yeah, it's become a thing. (laughs) Yeah. So this is definitely a forever haunted song. I love the idea because, you know, you have a pretty like hard rock in playlist usually in your car. And I love the idea of this song just randomly coming on after like two hours (laughs) and you have to completely change your driving energy to match it. I seriously hope it doesn't come on after some horror convention at two o'clock in the morning. Oh, God. Yeah, that'll be the end of you.
off the 1985 Fright Night soundtrack, that was Autograph with You Can't Hide from the Beast Inside. Oh man, great pick. This plays during the nightclub scene in the movie, but honestly, unless I am remembering it wrong, I don't think it's like really heavily featured. Like you actually have to listen close to hear it. I mean, I don't know if that's, if I agree with that. (laughs) Oh dear. I thought I could get away with it, even though I haven't seen Fright Night. (laughs) Actually, I mean, part of the best usage of this song is the way they introduce it in the scene. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Like I said, heavily featured in 1985's Fright Night, an absolute banger of a vampire movie. (laughs) Ding. (laughs) No, I have seen Fright Night. It's just, it's one of those movies that I've seen in like, chunks here and there so it's like i have to mentally assemble them to get a sense of what i was watching yeah but yeah this is a really great song what i loved about this song and i know you'll agree we've talked a lot about driving already tonight but this is such a you and i in the car searching for halloween cereal and mountain dew voodoo kind of song Mm, it just rocks and you know you don't necessarily think of a song like this being in Fright Night, but if you know the movie and you're familiar with it, yeah, it's just a great scene that it plays over, and you got Herman's head. <laughs> I love that you're referring to William Rasdale <laughs> as Herman's head. <laughs> I mean, yes, absolutely, but it's still funny to hear. It's got a great guitar solo also. Does it? I don't remember the guitar solo. I just remember the chorus because the chorus is wonderful. And like, this is not a stretch for this show. I think the opening line is there's an evil lurking in the night. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this is a fucking spooky song. It's 100%. And the fact that it's in Fright Night, it counts 100%. What can you tell me about Autograph? Is there anything I should know about this group that I otherwise have no familiarity with? You may know the other song, Turn Up the Radio. Turn up. You know what? I I wikied autograph and I did (laughs) I did see turn up the radio mentions and I looked it up and I have to say the song wasn't really all that familiar to me. Really? Well, I mean, you weren't necessarily into like hair bands and stuff. Yeah, I guess we're a little outside (laughs) my comfort zone. But the way Wikipedia was playing it, they're like, oh, autograph that one hit wonder. But what a wonder it was that one hit. Turn up the fucking radio. What a smash fucking success. Yeah. But how is it a smash success if I've never heard it once? <laughs> They're only trying to appeal to you, right? If Matt doesn't know us, nobody knows us. I swear us. to Christ, I'm an alien. I've never seen Fright Night. I've never heard Turn Up the Radio by Autograph. It's like I just started existing right now and somehow have to get through this podcast. <laughs> You were today's years old. (laughs) (laughs) T-I-L. You can run from the beast inside of you. You can hide from the eyes that see right through. You can run. You can hide. You can hide. You can hide. 
to the place where all the creatures meet. The last building to your left on the dead end street. To find skeleton bones outside in the pavement. And torture chambers down in the basement. Cobwebs hanging over your head. Music being played by the Grateful Dead. And spinning on the turntables back to back. There's no other than my main man, Wolfman Jack. The MC of the night, rapping to the tunes. What's the creature from the Black Lagoon? There's a sign on the door that can't be missed. It means enter, but at your own risk. There's people been reported going in the haunted house, but never again seen coming out. You ask me if it's true, I'll leave it up to you. Here's an invite, I hope I see you tonight. Who? Dini. Who? Dini. <laughs> this is Houdini, the haunted house of rock from 1983. New York City guys, Matt. Brooklyn, I believe, right? Yeah. So this track, I picked it because it plays over the Halloween party dance scene going on in the high school in 1986's horror metal classic, Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat, rated R. Starts Friday, October 24th at theaters everywhere. <laughs> so you say you picked it because of that, but in reality, you actually stole the song from me because of that. You played the trick-or-treat card when I told you I was going to bring up this song. But here's the thing. This ties back to literally one of our first spooky song shows because I was obviously not going to pass up putting this song in there. But of course, I needed to put Fastway before this. Oh, that's right. Your whole thing about you had to go in a certain order yes. or you like your brain would fry. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always wanted to bring it up. Finally, talking about it here. And this is very on the nose. A lot of the lyrics have to do with monsters and Dracula, boogeymen, the invisible man, stuff like that. The trick or treat thing for you, I get is a just absolute fucking cherry on top. Right. But on its own, this is like the perfect Halloween song. It's one of the best of all time. And it was reminiscent at the time of bands like Run DMC and stuff like that from the New York hip hop rap scene. I read basically that their sound was sort of like a combination of Run DMC and the Fat Boys. The Fat Boys, yeah. And this song has a lot of cool sound effects and there's like a kind of a spooky intro. They really captured what like a Halloween rap song could be. I think this got them into our circle. I would say perfect for a Halloween party or a Halloween dance. You watched that scene, right, Matt, in Trick or Treat? I did. What I immediately noticed, that movie, whether by happenstance or by effort, is so realistic in the way it's set dressed. Yes. It feels so real. It felt like they really just went in and just recorded an actual Halloween high school dance. This movie stars fucking Mark Price, Skippy from Family Ties. His car, it's so perfectly beat up, just like every car was back then. Yeah, it's a jalopy. A jalopy, of course. How could I forget? <laughs> but this song, The Haunted House of Rock, one of the best. The fact that we're not bringing this up till volume 10 is a crime. It's an affront. It's an affront to Houdini. Who? Dini. <laughs> Really brought the place down at the haunted house of rock. Number five. Friends come out at night Friends come out at night 
and the 8 till 12 till the party really starts. And I always had to be home by 10, right before the fun was about to begin. Crowds of people lined up inside and out, just for one reason, to rock the house. But in the daytime, the streets were clear. You couldn't find a good freak anywhere, cause it's from Oh, Jay, what a shocking twist this is. Uh-oh. For the first time in Spooky Songs history, we have both picked tracks from one artist. What? That was another song from Houdini. No way. <laughs> from 1984, that was Freaks Come Out at Night. That was. And, uh, you know, I'm going to peel back the curtain. When we realized that we had a show where we were both going to pick the same artist... <laughs> We were in the car, and we just flipped the fuck out. I don't know what, like, we're here now. We're doing it. To me, this doesn't seem like it's going to create any sort of, like, paradigm shift for the podcast. Life's going to go on as it was. But when we were in the car, we thought this was going to change everything. <laughs> It'll alter life as we know it. They'll lose their fucking minds, man. The world slowed down. And we both looked at each other like, can we do this? Is this like going to be some sort of Leonardo DiCaprio in an airplane thing? I'm barely exaggerating when I say that we actually pulled off road to discuss <laughs> it once it hit us. <laughs> can we pull a Tudini? Can we do it? <laughs> By the way, you stole that. <laughs> Tudini? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah. fairness, I'm sure over the years, someone else must have said Tudini. Nobody ever said Tudini. You're the first person to put those syllables together. Sure. Good going. Anyway, if I'm keeping it real, I actually think I prefer your Houdini song. But, you know, good luck to me stealing the trick-or-treat reference from you. Yeah. This is great, too. And it is even more famous. Freaks Come Out at Night, a huge song. Which you didn't know. You said you never heard it. No. Which go it, just lump it in with Fright Night. <laughs> I, you know, you have to, you, you should know me by now. You should know that while I'm okay admitting that I've never seen Fright Night, I am not going to be okay with admitting that I never heard Freaks Come Out at Night. That would be the biggest con in the history of science. It's gotten to the point where now people are not going to believe that I haven't seen these things. <laughs> Well, I couldn't believe you never heard this song. I'm like, come on. No, obviously I heard it. I just never really connected it to Houdini. Who? Dini. <laughs> because it's not pitched as a spooky song at all. The lyrics can be read that way. We'll get into that in a second. Mm. But the video is about like the club scene in the after hours. Yeah, exactly. But when you read into the lyrics, you can say, oh, that's about zombies rising from their graves to wreak havoc. Coming out of the show, obviously, I have a much bigger respect and interest in Houdini. Who? Dini. Who? Dini. <laughs>
number six. How would you say this girl's name? Petras? Petras? Let me, I can look it up real quick. Petras pronunciation. How do I pronounce Kim Petras? Oh my God. Are you fucking kidding me? I have to listen to a 15 second ad for this. (laughs) Fucking son of a bitch. You fucking assholes. I cannot believe this shit. Petras. That can't be right. This guy said Kim Petras. Petras. Kim Petras. Let me see. Does she have a channel? Welcome to my channel from Kim. Hi, what's up? This is Kim Petras, and you're, uh, you're watching... Petras. Disney. Kim Petras. That's what I said. Petras. Well, then you should have went with your instinct. I'm going to go with God. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was Kim Petras featuring Elvira with Turn Off the Light, Matt. What would you think of this one? Yeah. It's another banger. It is, yeah. I mean, this is one of those songs where when you might hear it for the first time, you wouldn't realize until you get to the interlude where Elvira's doing like a Vincent Price over Thriller situation. Only in the darkness will you find your true self. Howl at the moon to awaken the spell. One cannot judge what the eye cannot see. Outside the realm of humanity. She's wonderful. She's Elvira. But for me, that's the weakest part of the song, which isn't a knock in Elvira. I'm just saying the main song is great. She's not talking about necessarily like Frankenstein, but at the same time, this song would be great if you're having a Halloween party. It's perfect. I will be honest, when I'm listening to this song, I'm really bad at deciphering the meaning of lyrics. I'm like, you know what? Can you fucking people be straightforward? Does everything have to be a riddle? But it did feel to me to some extent that these were euphemisms for something sexual related. You think? Oh, oh, that's commonly known? Sorry. Elvira, man. She got involved with that, huh? Shocking. Listen, sister. If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. I know there's probably going to be some detractors on this one, but I think it's very, very appropriate for a Halloween soundtrack. This is the type of song that I would like to do a callback on. At one point, I was recently telling you about my Glow Barbie, Margot Robbie fantasy. I'll never forget it. Right. How could you forget? So this song is perfect to be playing over, like, turn off the light, you know, turn off the light and I'll glow. Oh my Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, guys, this is why you have to listen to every show because you're rewarded with getting these references. Yeah. Sammy Hayne will love it. Sammy Hayne will love it. But I mean, God, who knew that you would work a Dream Glow Barbie reference into this? <laughs> Not me. Couldn't be me. So, Kim on this song, who was born in Germany, by the way, she's talking about howling at the moon, spells, moonlight, embracing your fear. It's such a great thing, but I mean, you're underselling the Elvira interlude. I think that's great. 
It is great, but I mean, you handed me a song that is sung by this ice princess, and it's got like a synthy electro pop sound. What did you think was going to happen? I don't know why you're picking it. I feel like I should have. <laughs> of course. You bought in the Haunted House of Rock, too. <laughs> Here, you should have done both Houdinis. <laughs> was Zombie Girl with Creature of the Night from their Blood, Brains, and Rock and Roll album back in 2007. This is one of those picks out of left field, and I love it. It's not out of left field because we actually included this song. It was like the intro, I think, to last year's Spooky Song Show. So it's only fair that we actually talk about it a little bit. Oh, absolutely. No, I love it. It's become such a big part of my playlist that it never really occurred to me that A, most people have never heard this song, and B, Zombie Girl, like, most people have never heard them either. Right, yeah, I mean, this is the only thing I know from them. You forget, because you get so attached to these spooky songs, and they become such, like, anthems for your season. We might be able to get them some downloads, so guys, Zombie Girl, Creature of the Night, this one is a, what's that word, Jay? It's a banger! It's a banger! Yeah, I mean, I really dig this. They're kind of not super mega popular, so that makes it even cooler to have stuff that isn't like super mainstream on your playlist. Oh, when I first found this one, you know when you find some songs and you're like, oh, I'm so cool for finding this song. (laughs) I felt that way. I might as well have recorded it myself. I don't know a whole lot about Zombie Girl, but I did my usual heavy research by pulling up their Wikipedia entry and breezing through it for 30 seconds. Their album, this one that this song comes from, Blood, Brains, and Rock and Roll, whatever it's called. Yeah. It was delayed because, quote, three separate printing companies refused to print the artwork, which contained copious amounts of blood as well as brains on a plate. I read that. I did read that. (laughs) You know, I knew you read it from the moment I started talking and going down this road because you were so just like, oh, God, just get to the fucking finish line, please. (laughs) But seriously, if you're going to know one thing about a band, that's a pretty cool thing to know. It's not a shocker for me because I know that you like bands like Garbage. I actually have that note that it's like Garbage, but like extra spooky. Right. Yeah. It's like Marilyn Manson meets Garbage. Totally like that vibe. And, you know, obviously this is the key to my heart. So Zombie Girl's Creature of the Night is my new favorite song of all time.
The Cramps with Goo Goo Muck from 1981, Matt. The Cramps with Goo Goo Muck from 1981. I can't deny it, Jay. That was your pick. (laughs) All right. So this is a song that plays in Wednesday on Netflix. And Wednesday comes up with this dance sequence at a dance where everybody seems to be wearing white and she's wearing black. So it's like super gothy. Yep. That scene got super popular and it was sort of like how running up that hill in Stranger Things got mega famous. So this really got that boost from Netflix. I think it's a slight exaggeration that the cramp song hit the heights of running up that hill, but I do see the comparison in a general way, Jay. I haven't always been against birthdays. Each one reminds me I'm a year closer to death's cold embrace. This is a song that they redid and made it their own. It was originally by a band called Ronnie Cook and the Gay Lads, released in 1962. And then they remade it with their own brand of surf garage rock, the rockabilly sound. By the way, I had obviously seen clips of the Wednesday dance scene on social media a million times. Sure, everyone else has too, but guys, if you've never actually seen the scene, look it up because this was my first time watching it and I get it now. She's so good on that show. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm in love with her. She's the best. Watching this scene, I'm in euphoria, especially with this song. I'm watching it and I'm just like picturing 14 year old me just freaking out and tacking posters of her up on every wall. You don't have to imagine because even at your age, you did the same. <laughs> Exactly. So, Goo Goo Muck, what'd you think of the song, Matt? I thought it was totally appropriate. From my perspective, the lyrics were written from the POV of a blob monster. I mean, sure. Yeah. And I think that's the best part. You can kind of take it however fictional you want to go. If you want to go deep into that area, or if you want to just think it's some teenager who gets real horny and starts driving around looking for babes. The best songs have two meanings. It could mean that, but it could also mean someone's a blob. Right. It's more fun to think there's a, a blob called Goo Goo Muck driving around in his hot rod. <laughs> oh, a horny blob, apparently. Yeah. yeah oh, mm. blob. Nice. You better duck when I show up the Goo Goo Muck. Number
time for my final pick. That was Mega Madness by Michael Sambello, a track recorded for and exclusive to the Gremlin soundtrack. Mega Madness, yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah! Mega Madness. I can't believe I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I should have. So you, of course, remember the scene in Gremlins where they all invade the bar that Kate worked at? Absolutely. Mega Madness was, of course, the song that played over the breakdancing Gremlin, the one that was wearing the leg warmers. Very <laughs> classic scene. Yes. <laughs> I've seen that film a billion times, and it just never occurred to me that the song was custom-made for this movie, but it was. You don't necessarily get the impression, if you just hear it, that it was part of the Gremlins. Lyrically, I, I it's tough to give this one a pass for a spooky song show. I mean, I guess Madness is a little... Madness! Madness! <laughs> is a little spooky, but yeah, I mean, on its own, this is kind of just like a weird pop song. Right. But it's that Gremlins connection, man. Of course, yeah. And Michael Cimbello, who also did the Monster Squad. And he is basically like scatting in the beginning of the song. (laughs) It's crazy. He's wild, man. The way he sings. (laughs) People don't do it like that anymore. This song, the only way to describe it, it's like every song, literally every song in the 80s that was ever created regurgitated its breakfast back into its own mouth and then started playing the guitar and that's what came out <laughs> you're absolutely i mean yeah that's like the the fancy version of like oh if we throw everything in a blender your version i think is more colorful yeah and it makes perfect sense because it is so indicative of the decade but in a weird kind of like garbagey way yeah <laughs> Michael Sambello, you mentioned that he did the Monster Squad. Yeah, Rock Until You Drop, which I think was one of your picks on a very early spooky song show. He also did Maniac, which you could argue is a spooky song. This guy, Michael Sambello, man, he's the maestro of the macabre. (laughs) Yeah, he's clearly a fan of horror films. I wonder what else is in that catalog. I'll have to go look. Yeah. In 11 and a half months when I'm prepping for Spooky Songs, Volume 11. Number 10.
that was Vampires by Radio Rama, and this song was a long time coming. 1986. What are your thoughts on this? It's the best song that has ever been recorded. I thought you said earlier the uh, Zombie Girl was. It's the second best song that has ever been recorded <laughs> next to Zombie Girl's song that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> <laughs> This is an Italian disco song that really got a, a whole new life on YouTube because I would have never known this song if it wasn't for YouTube. Italo disco, which to me, it just basically sounds like Italian new wave, but it's great. Of course, the keen listeners would know that we've used it in the past. Yes, I remember that time because it was for the, uh, the vampire show. Yes, the lyrics are completely about vampires and stuff. You guys might have to take our words for it because it's actually very hard to understand a single word aside from vampire. Yeah, it is. And also, don't watch the music video because there's nothing scary or horrific about it. It looks like you're watching a cable access channel of someone's Sweet 16 with all these like cheesy effects and shit. I'm surprised it didn't come with like a motion sickness warning before you watched it. It's just too much. They're all floaty and discombobulated. Yeah, there's always someone in the foreground and someone all the way in the back. Radio Rama, this group, they look like they're right out of a Sears catalog in 1986. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I feel like this song, it should have taken the universe by storm. It's literally the greatest song of all time. It's one of those songs that when you hear it, the first thing you have to do is share it with somebody else. And then like it just goes on that way. It's like the fucking demon from It Follows. Only I was it's... just thinking the same thing, you son of a bee. Well, I got to it first. <laughs> it's mine. It's the gift that keeps on giving. We listen to spooky songs in the car when we're driving around all year. Yeah. When Radio Rama comes on. Oh, you got to jam to it. Volume goes up. We fall silent. It's all Radio Rama for four <laughs> minutes. Jam out with your clam out. If we're parking, we'll actually wait for Radio Rama to finish the song. Before we get out of the car. To be honest, though, we do have the one track that is this song stitched together six times. In fact, we'll end this podcast with that. Oh, great. Yes. <laughs> A double length purple stuff podcast for everyone. <laughs> Reminder, we are on Patreon. <laughs> All right, Matt, that was Spooky Songs 10. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Would you have ever thought during Spooky Songs Volume 1 that we would be doing this 40 <laughs> years later? Not at all. I mean, I can't say that uh, I thought three weeks ahead of time at, uh, at that point. <laughs> and the Spooky Song as a genre 
I mean, this is the gift that keeps on giving because these are not weak tracks. We're in volume 10 and this is a really strong mix. There's no shortage of songs. We'll be able to do this at least until 2040 when we're what, like 75? Well, when you're 75 and the podcast is dedicated to my memory. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so. The thing. Yeah. Want me to go through yours? Yes. All right, let's see. Tonight, you brought up the cramps with that song about the muck people. The goo goo muck. Goo goo muck from the show Wednesday. Yes. You brought up that song from The Shining. I'm, I didn't write, I just wrote down Shining song in my Midnight, notes. Midnight, the stars, and you. Midnight, the stars, and you. Uh, I, I really appreciate that that one. <laughs> that's I not like good. That, I like that historical reference you yeah, made. Yeah, that's not going to be it tonight. <laughs> Radio Rama's Vampires. Yeah. Houdini's Haunted House of Rock. And Kim Petrus with the Elvira song. Yeah. So it's down to Houdini and Radio Rama. Yeah. Hate to do it, but it's got to be Radio Rama. I knew it. I knew you were going to go with that. You said that with the most gusto. Here's the thing. I really wanted to pick Houdini because and if you picked Houdini, we would have double Houdini. It would be like the two Dini. What a celebration at the end of the show. But I have to be honest. It's Radiorama. Yeah. Unbeatable. Unbeatable banger. <laughs> it is. All right. Great pick. So let me go through yours. The zombie theme from Spookies, which I really think that is perfect ambiance for your Halloween seasons. Autograph, You Can't Hide from the Beast, which was in Fright Night. Zombie Girl, Creature of the Night. Mm-hmm. You got some good ones here. And you had Houdini, Freaks Come Out at Night. Right. Mega Madness. Mega Madness. Man. Whew. I don't know if this is crazy or not, because I don't think anyone's expecting me to go with this, but I'm going Mega Madness. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. You ever see the gif of Hillary with the balloons? I just made that face. I'm in... It's probably the last one I expected you to pick. Really? Mega Madness. I really love Mega Madness. Plus, I mean, it's Gremlin, so hell yeah. Love it. Wow. So on the two genie show, the champs ended up being Michael Sambalo and Radio Rama. Sorry, Houdini. Well, it's like, listen, Houdini won the Intercontinental Championship tonight. First is the worst. Second is the best. Third is the one with the hairy chest. You're absolutely right. This was a great time. Always is. You were not joking before when you said we are on Patreon. We are on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash purple stuff. Where we have our monthly bonus shows and a whole lot of Halloween goodness on the way. Mm-hmm. All season long. Looking forward to more of the Halloween season with you, Matt. Same to you, Jay. Can't wait to go buy, I don't know, overpriced animatronic from Spirit, go to 10 Walmarts, find no good cereal, and go home unhappy. AKA a whole lot of dumb shit, but worth it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I am Jay from Sludge Central. I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast. <laughs>